All right, welcome to Catholic in America. So good to have you all here on this beautiful Monday morning, November 9th. Uh, we're going live right now on our Facebook page and our other pages as well. So it's our first time doing that, so I apologize for any, any uh, technical difficulties. We're going to be back in the studio for Catholic in America very soon, our recently uh, rebuilt studio. And so we are excited about that. And I'm also very excited today to be joined um, by two of my, my, my good friends and brothers in Christ, two fellow uh, priests of the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, uh, Father Dustin Fedden and Father Doug Martin. Father Dustin is the, uh, the pastor, or the uh, administrator, shoot, I want to make you the pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. <laughs> and he also heads up Joseph House in, um, in Tallahassee. And um, Father Doug Martin is probably the most recently ordained, um, in, in, this, in this group at least, uh, uh, as a Catholic priest, uh, but as an associate pastor at St. Mary's in Fort Walton Beach. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Father Mike. Excellent. So, guys, so I'll start with you, uh, Father Doug. Has anything, anything big happened uh, recently in the country that maybe people have been asking you about or, or uh, upset about or frustrated more than usual uh, besides coronavirus and besides economy and things like that? Any, any, anything at all? Yeah, I guess Florida State got beat on. No, no. Clemson lost. <laughs> Wait, no, no, not that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's what I think it's what everybody's talking about uh, since last Tuesday and over the weekend. You know, it's really the the presidency, and um, yeah, it's really got a lot of people upset. There's there's one group that's extremely ecstatic, excited. You know, out in the streets partying and and can't blame them much. Uh, if, if they put a lot into the election and their guy, uh, the guy that they wanted to win, you know, won, then I think they should be celebrating. Um, the other side just is, is devastated and seems unusually devastated. Um, and, and I think there's some of it because this has been built up to be um, really one for the ages. Like one of the, I mean, I've, if I heard it once, I heard it probably 20 times. This is the most important presidential election of our lifetimes. And so I think when you build it up that way, you, you set yourself up for one side to be extremely disappointed. And that's really what, what we're seeing. I'm seeing it uh, locally and on, you know, Twitter, on Facebook, those sorts of things. Absolutely. So, so Father Dustin, how are you seeing that then? I mean, I'm assuming you're seeing, seeing the same sort of uh, uh, reactions from people and, and just the strength of that reaction, anger, frustration, fear, a lot of those things. Uh, we're going to talk about Joe Biden and the fact that that he is a professing Catholic. We are going to talk about that today and, and, and spend some time there as well. But just for, for this election itself, um, how is that, do you think, affecting people, maybe even their faith um, during during this time? Yeah, well, you know, I've, I've seen this for a while now, uh, Father Mike, and uh, where over the past couple of years, hearing it from a lot of parishioners that actually talk to me about the kind of despair that they feel just being caught up in the news. And mm -hmm. it's like, Every day is another crisis, another you know cycle of of grief and mourning and joy and devastation, and so I, you know, and and certainly this year that now that we have so many of uh, our parishioners, so many of our family members that are at home, you know, uh, watching television, you know, nine, ten, twelve hours a day, and it just seems to me that that lead up, that build up of the kind of almost hysteria of what is happening in the world as it comes to us via the media has really ramped this up. And so, uh, I mean, you know, we're still in the midst of the story, right? I mean, there's, you know, President Trump has not conceded. So right. the, the, the drama of the election is still being felt. So I've seen it, but I, but I feel as in a way, 
I've been seeing it now for years, uh, and it certainly is increasing, and that that's troubling. Right, and of course, um, we, we, we don't claim to have any sort of clairvoyant understanding of things. There still is, um, uh, Biden has been declared the winner by most news outlets and things, but obviously there's there's uh, legal battles that will still rage. Some people are, that are very passionate about, the, about that. Um, the possibility of, of, you know, votes not being counted or votes being counted after the fact. And, and so rec recognizing that, but for all intents and purposes, we can only respond to the information that, that's in front of us right now, um, that Joe Biden is, is uh, the president-elect for the United States. And uh, that reality, I think, is, is interesting on a lot of levels. Um, uh, and we can talk about, about some of the, the concerns and the, the frustrations and, and some of the things um, uh, with our understanding as Catholics of the dignity of human life and uh, religious freedoms and other things as well. Um, but in the history of the United States, there, there's a strong and virulent history of anti-Catholicism. Um, so the, the fact that, that um, as the U.S. bishops uh, tweeted out, uh, that, that Joe Biden, they said it very carefully, is, is the second uh, professing Catholic <laughs> man who professes, uh, professes Catholicism to be elected president of the United States. Um, kind of, you know, in, in a sense, congratulating him and, and, and celebrating that. I think there's a measured celebration to that. But how, how does that, in light of the fact that we have faced a, a, a long history of anti-Catholicism, uh, where, where does this fall into that, that, that the response that people have had and how Joe Biden talks about his Catholic faith all the time? I've been very surprised that, um, that even though he's mentioned it, on, on several occasions, you haven't really seen people come after him about his Catholic faith. And, and it makes you wonder, you know, why not him? I mean, we, we did hear it some in the uh, confirmation hearings for uh, Amy Coney Barrett as she was going through. We heard her Catholicism brought up, and mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, it, at times attacked. And yet when, when Joe Biden, uh, when, when President-elect Joe Biden has mentioned him being Catholic and, and been forthright about, about being Catholic, even, um, you know, uh, quoting um, encyclicals and uh, quoting music that's sang in the mass and those <laughs> sorts of things he did just the other night. Um, that there's we, don't, really we don't have the copyright. Being, we don't have the copyright for On Eagle's we Wings. They'll come <laughs> after us too hard, that, that, that On Eagle's Wings uh, crowd. So, uh, so we, we won't sing it, but it's a Catholic song that you've probably heard if you've been to a Catholic church. <laughs> It is. And, and, you know, that, that he mentioned those things and said those things. And really, there hasn't been um, reaction either way um, from, from most people. There, there may be a reaction from uh, Catholics who question how Catholic he is or whether he's, you know, Catholic enough or, or whether he's Catholic at all. But as far as the, the people that, that were responding to Amy Coney Barrett's Catholicism, you've heard nothing. At, at all in, in way of criticism or in way of excitement. And yeah. so I, I find that very interesting that, that either way, there's been nothing that's really said. Yeah. What, what do you think, Father Dustin? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. You know, uh, Father Mike, I mean, what, to what extent it's uh, attributed to how far we've come uh, in terms of where, whereas with Kennedy, I had to almost <laughs> convince people that he, you know, was Catholic in name only. Uh, right. But in this situation, uh, it seems to me the way I read it, you know, you kind of have uh, some of the media that, uh, right, that see no problem with his Catholicism, perhaps because where he's Catholic or where he expresses his Catholicism, it's it's an aspect of Catholicism that they're more comfortable with or aligned with. And then on the other hand, you know, there are, you know, let's just say, you know, those on the right 
that doubt his Catholicism mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, his issues are not their issues. So it, right. to me, it kind of reinforces how polarized, you know, not only culture is, but even our Catholic culture uh, is. It just depends on what issues they fall, you know, that they align with that whether or not one will accept them and their Catholicism. Yeah, I, I feel like we're on the, the, the national conversation, and I'm, I'm sure we're getting lots of reactions to that from, from people. Um, uh, and again, thank you for those that are watching and, and tuning in and commenting. But, but the, the, uh, the response a lot of people have, it seems, is basically consistent with JFK's um, response. So JFK, um, John F. Kennedy, when he was uh, seeking election, he had to go down to the South, um, I think into Houston, and, and in front of a, a, a group of 300 uh, Southern uh, Protestant pastors and convince them that his Catholic faith would have nothing to do with his policies. And uh, basically that, that line of demarcation that continues to this day for Catholic, many Catholic politicians that uh, they, and they'll say things like this, I'm personally opposed to whatever grave evil or injustice it might be. Um, usually abortion is, is, is the hot button issue. The, the, the church and the bishops call it the preeminent issue of our time as Catholics in the United States. Um, and say, I'm personally opposed to this, but, but you know, um, my policy it goes the other direction. That really, I don't want to say started with, with JFK, but he overcame a lot of the, the, uh, the suspicions against Catholics um, by doing that. And in a sense, we kind of reap what we sow. I think, uh, uh, Father Doug Offair, you were, you were talking about this, that uh, we have not done a good job of forming Catholics uh, to live their faith consistently. And it's difficult in this world. It's, it's difficult to have a consistent ethic of life. It's difficult um, to form, to while holding and maintaining those preeminent issues, because abortion is a preeminent issue, not because unborn babies' lives are more important than prisoners' lives or immigrants' lives. It's preeminent because that's the one issue that's where it's the authorized, legal, and unfettered killing of direct killing of an, of, of an innocent human person. All, all, the, all of the other issues have uh, gradations of that, the death penalty being, being the other one. However, there are legal recourses within the death penalty, and Father Dustin can talk a lot more to that. So it's not preeminent in that babies' lives matter and other people's lives don't. It's that that's, that's a, a clear and direct threat um, against those those person's lives. But it's interesting that we've done, I feel done such a poor job of teaching and embodying a different culture within, you know, because Catholics were the largest um, uh, population of any denomination in the United States. Um, and so have we done a good job of teaching this consistent ethic of life where it's not just that I'm a Republican and then I take all the Catholic stuff on, on with that and any of the stuff that challenges me as a Catholic, I kind of set to the side. Or a Democrat, which we're seeing that very extreme now, where huge aspects of the Catholic faith are, are being left to the side because I'm a Democrat first and foremost. And I think that's that's where we need to really search ourselves and, and our hearts and, and the, just the discourse that's been going on. Has it been effective? Have we been, have we been sharing the faith? If Joe Biden someone that's been going to mass every single Sunday, and, and for all intents and purposes, it seems like he does since he was a kid, and this whole aspect of his faith needs to inform his actions. You know, he can't he can't sin against his conscience by by being in favor of not just in favor of but actively supporting something like abortion. Um, I think that that's that's some that, that something that went wrong in his pastoring and his and his and, and outreach to him. I agree. I mean, I, I think that is the the issue is and, and you know it's something that the church is really picking back up today and in the last four or five years. I mean, it's always been an emphasis of the church, but I think you're seeing it more and more so now, which is you know the 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 conversion of the heart of, of our people, mm. and and we see some of the the ramifications 
of of a cultural Catholicism that is, you know, pay, pray, and obey, the 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 kind that we tell you what you believe and, and you don't think about it, that when you put it into a, a society where people are thinking about it and where we're asking people to form their conscience, to to ask those tough questions, and, and especially when we're saying as Catholics that, you know, God's big enough to take those questions, but it, it seems like maybe, you know, we haven't given them either the, the tools to do that or we haven't informed them enough um, to, to be able to ask those questions from from a, a truly formed conscience to be able to to see those things, especially from a Catholic a Catholic what we would consider a, a Christian point of view. I think that that you know a lot of the failure that we see with with what's happening with Joe Biden and his Catholicism happened for years in, in his catechesis and in, in the way he was taught, the way he was formed. The way he was trained, but you know, not just that, but to to think with with the heart of Jesus, to to think with the mind of Jesus, it, it's it's a very difficult thing if you're not taught it, if you don't know it, if you haven't been exposed to it enough, and all you've been exposed to is is rote prayers and and you know, not a lot of, of thinking of it. You've you've got the answers to the questions, but you don't know the theory behind it. I think that's where some of our issues are coming in with with you know Joe Biden and other. Uh, Catholics who are in politics that are not expressing Catholic views that we understand to be the teaching of the church, the teaching of scripture, and the teaching of tradition. Well, and I think a lot of this raises, you know, what what you said earlier, Father Mike, that there's a, there is a difficulty in, uh, you know, we we believe in you know the right the church teachings and we hold these principles, but let, we can't conflate principles with applications, right? How do we take these principles of the dignity of life and apply them into a secular, utterly secular, you know, realm where we're not a theocracy, uh, where we have to make compromises? It, I mean, God bless uh, those who take on the vocation in politics because of, you know, both right and left, Republican and Democrat and what they have to grapple with. And I, I, I'll just I'll have to say, I mean, I'm. I think that there are aspects of Joe Biden's life that probably has been formed in a positive way mm -hmm. by his faith. Right. I mean, a public servant, and I, I know we tend to be cynical about politicians and think that they're all just, you know, uh, taking it all to the bank and and living off of, you know, the fruits of all of our labors uh, in this realm, The so, you know, the elites. But I mean, you know, this is someone who did choose to become a public defender and represent, you know, poor minorities uh, uh, and who has made choices, I think, to to serve the common good. And from everything that I've read about Joe Biden uh, is he's not a firebrand. He's not a radical socialist. He seems to be someone who actually does try to build bridges in among both Republicans and Democrats. So I think that I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I haven't read his biographies or his autobiographies, uh, but I'm not sure that we can't say that there have been positive elements in which he has a, a conscience that has been formed by the Eucharist, by uh, daily to weekly receiving of the Eucharist and through the social doctrine of the church. Now, are there issues and areas where perhaps it could be better formed? Absolutely. Right. I would say the same for other devout Catholics like Rick Santorum and others who have served for the common good and who has tried to express their faith in a positive way, but yet perhaps in certain issues could be better formed. So I think it's, 
you know, there's a lot of issues and certainly we and, you know, we'll, we'll talk more, I'm sure, about the preeminent issue of of abortion and of the dignity of human life and then how that plays out and applying it within the social secular sphere. And I, I think that's the difficulty, too. Um, that all, all of us have seen, and, and again, even even as we say this, people will hear one line that that that's said, and you know, reject everything out of hand because we're not. Um, thank you for everyone who is watching and maybe heard something that they didn't like and continues to watch because I think that's a miracle nowadays um, for, for that to ever happen. But recognizing the <laughs> sure. fact that to allow ourselves to be challenged, allow ourselves to not be comfortable, particularly when it comes to uh, political parties, neither neither of which perfectly represents the Catholic Church. Um, recognizing too that there are are deep and important issues that are at stake here. So so the passion behind politics is not unwarranted. It's it's there for a reason. Um, but in a certain sense, when we experience someone who disagrees with us, even on very important issues, particularly mm -hmm. or definitely with, with you know the election of candidates, and and we we forget that we're called to love, especially them. Then I think we, we, we've lost. I, I I've been saying this to my my. Um, my, my parish, my wonderful uh, parishioners here, um, that, you know, we can be right on every single issue, every single issue, and we can still go to hell. And I think that that's something that, that you know, probably just, just recognizing that fact that we are, are called to, uh, to not just be right on the issues, but we're called to actually love people, especially those that disagree with us. And that's a difficult thing to do. That, that's, the, that's the work of grace. That's where all of a sudden politics and all this stuff and, 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 Twitter and online life and social media and that crazy um, uh, uh, show that, you know, a mirage that, that all that is, that that needs to be wedded to and informed by our faith, which calls us especially to love those that we disagree with and to pray for those that are in positions of authority as well. With, with that too, I, I just kind of going back a little bit um, uh, with the, uh, I have a really big comment that just came in, um, with the <laughs> kind of the history of this too, because I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. And uh, Father Dustin, I know you love history, and Father Doug weigh in on this as well, that this comfort with allowing our faith, to, particularly when it's challenging to the, to the narrative, challenging to the status quo, to be kind of kept under, under wraps, like where, where does that come from? Be so secretive about our faith. To me, to me it's, it's connected as Catholics in this country with, we don't, a lot of times Catholics don't evangelize. We don't tell people about our faith or invite people to church. Um, is, there, is there historical precedent for that? Is, is, uh, is that something that's new that we're just facing nowadays? Or is that something that, that's kind of been built, baked into the cake for, for Catholics uh, living in the United States? Well, I think, I mean, it's, I mean, certainly, I mean, if you think back to the early mid 20th century, uh, you know, and the suspicion, I mean, this was a real suspicion by a large number of, of Protestants uh, in particular, uh, that there was an effort by the Holy Roman Empire, uh, by the Vatican, uh, to convert America to Catholicism, whatever that would mean, right? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously we, there's no secret archives that that was an actual strategy by, you know, our beloved popes of the early mid 20th century, but there was this fear that somehow America would become a, a Catholic nation, like in the medieval era. So, and there was, and, right, and we also know that, that Catholics were encouraged by the church not to vote prior to the Second Vatican Council. 
So there was this kind of confliction with both Protestants in America, with Catholics involved in the public sphere and in culture and in, you know, certainly in, 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 in Congress or in, in politics. And then on the other hand, there was a lot of suspicion among Catholics about participating in the public sphere. So I think the history was, in, was informative for both sides, this concern about how to practice their faith, you know, in the secular sphere uh, and out in public and being open about it, right? They could go to mass, pray, you know, uh, pray at mass uh, and have all of their uh, festivities and everything within their, the conclave of, you know, of the church within their local parish, but going out was something very different. Absolutely. Uh, so I think yeah. that there was a conflict both among Protestants, suspicious of Catholics, but also Catholics concerned about how to practice their faith in a largely Protestant uh, and secular culture. Particularly, I think, um, you know, 18th, 19th, and even into the 20th century, you know, that that the, uh, well, such 19th and 20th, most Catholics in this country that were coming in, the large, large numbers of Catholics were, were immigrants. In a sense, there was already kind of like two strikes against them. So how do we, how do we fit in, you know, how do we fit in with this culture around us? And part of that is learning how to make your faith com almost completely private, you know, private devotional life, um, which, you know, obviously our faith should be personal or your faith, you know, you should have a personal relationship with the Lord and a personal prayer life. Um, but this privatization of faith where it can't spill over in, in, into the, the, the public sphere. Um, but for, uh, um, I, for, for actually all three of us are, are, all, um, are all converts to the faith. I converted when I was young. Um, but for you, uh, Father Doug, who were a minister in, in another denomination and ended up becoming Catholic, um, uh, that you chose this mess, right? You chose this, this Catholic thing. And we'll talk more about that in the future. But was this something that, that you kind of from the outside looking in in the Catholic Church that you saw the way that Catholics approach politics maybe as being different or maybe, maybe just being consistent with other, with kind of the culture around them? Well, I, you know, uh, two things. Um, one is, is that, you know, there, there was this, this fear. I do remember my, my father speaking about this and, and I do remember reading it. Um, there was this fear that, you know, um, that JFK was going to be an agent of the Vatican itself and so if he were to be elected, the whole some of the fears that, that uh, Father Dustin's been talking about of, of this becoming a, a, you know, a Catholic country or a Catholic empire um, was, was there. And, and for some crazy reason, it was there, but it was there. And, and so very, you know, that's the reason why JFK had to go to Dallas and, um, you know, kind of quell some of those fears. And, you know, so much so that he had to say, you know, um, I'm, I'm away from it. But. You know, as a, as a Protestant growing up, and specifically as I started getting into politics and think about those uh, sorts of things, I had an admiration for, for uh, Catholics who were in politics. Um, the one thing that, that you saw with, with Catholics that you didn't necessarily see with, with um, the Protestant denominations, especially um, some of the ones that were um, more, well, not, not as academically inclined, and I don't mean that as a slight at all. But just the history of them weren't as academically as inclined as uh, as Catholicism uh, itself was. As you saw this, you saw this kind of um, this willingness to reach and, and to go into academics, to go into the other disciplines, and, and to take you know to take those things on and to allow their their faith to permeate those things in such a way as that they could um, use. Well, I mean. 
you know, one of, one of the things that we know uh, from Catholicism, and one thing that I learned after becoming Catholic was the, the idea of natural law and the idea of metaphysics and, and using those things to inform every aspect of your life. And so I had quite an admiration for Catholics who were in politics, uh, just mainly because they, they would always go so high. I mean, you, you look at how many Catholics, uh, just for instance, has been on the Supreme Court. I mean, it's amazing how many Catholics have been on the Supreme Court, and you really don't see that coming from from any other, you know, any other religious group or background for the most part, mm-hmm. especially from a particular one. So, so I when when I saw, um, you know, Catholics being involved in, in politics, it was usually in two different ways. One, it was the admiration that I had for all the the lawyers and all the ones who who were, you know, the politicians who were Catholic who were involved. Um, and how well thought out they were, but um, but it was also for the way that, that you know you really didn't hear it locally. You, you didn't hear or see that uh, on a local level at all. And, and like you said, I mean, I think it was hard to get Catholics to really speak about um, how they interact. And, and it was almost as if, and, and this was kind of what I was describing earlier. Um, it was almost as if there were two different things. Your politics and your religion really weren't supposed to meet. There's supposed to be this separation of church and state. And so it was almost easier for there to be this separation simply because Catholics were so personal and, and private about their faith and were, were unwilling to, to speak in, in the public you know, in the public settings. And so I think it, 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 it became that way. It, it, it became almost is if when I would view Catholics, you almost saw a certain type of secularism that was there, hmm. but only because they didn't use religious language to to speak about the the very principles that they were um, that they were voting for, that they were fighting for. Yeah, that, that a Catholic would be less likely to to bust out in a rosary, you know, you know, before you started a basketball game or something like that. Um, so right. for for you, Father Dustin, also a convert as well. Let's go. Let's go converts. We're three for three as far as convert priests on on this. On, the, on this Catholic in America show, um, the uh, was that something that that you uh, studied before you became Catholic, or have continued to? Because because the, the Church's social teachings, which is basically how we interact in the social sphere out, out in the world, how we apply the gospel mm-hmm. to our to politics, to economics, to all these areas, it's not proscriptive, but it really is is informative and and, and is 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 a great foundation to set our to set our, our society on. Um, like what, what? What was kind of your, your perspective of, of entering into the Catholic Church or seeing that from the outside, and now now being uh, ordained in the Catholic Church? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, my, yeah, my 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 journey uh, into uh, uh, into the church uh, was in large part I d- did begin when I was uh, pursuing uh, graduate studies in religion, and I ended up teaching a class on religious ethics, and I one of the texts that we we would uh, that we had for the course was, uh, uh, let's see, Verita, Veritatis Splendor, uh, John Paul II's, Pope John Paul II's uh, encyclical. And then I started reading other encyclicals uh, and uh, and then just began to see the, the depth of the church's awareness of, of not only philosophy and metaphysics, but also the realities of the secular world mm-hmm. and understanding the relationship between doctrine, uh, dogma, doctrine, uh, church teachings, and the realities of the needs of our world. And so I, I went kind of from reading Pope John Paul II's encyclicals uh, into then reading the Second Vatican Council documents, 
and then I read this book, and I'll just kind of give a, 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 a quick kind of shout out to it, or a recommendation for anyone that has maybe a few weeks uh, to read Paul Ellie's book, The Life You Save May Be Your Own. And it, it's a book about uh, Dorothy Day, Flannery O'Connor, Walker Percy, and Thomas Merton, American Catholics uh, and in, in, in the 20th century. And I think three of them, right, being converts themselves. Uh, but it was what was wonderful about this book is it shows the way in which a distinctly American culture and ethos of, of living in a democracy shaped their spirituality and their vocations in very different ways and different directions. And certainly the differences among them uh, aesthetically uh, and certainly in their in their vocations as well but how there was this common kind of American Catholic identity. And, you know, so often uh, I read about Catholics that lived in Spain and Italy, you know, and in Brazil and the lives of the saints. But then to actually reflect on Catholicism in America, it brought it closer to me, I think, in right. a lot of ways. And I was actually able to say, you know what? I share just a tad of Thomas Merton's culture, a little bit of Dorothy Day's kind of, culture has been my culture as well. Uh, and so The Life You Save Maybe Your Own is a, is a good book and just kind of chronicling the story of Catholicism in America lived out by these four great Catholics. I love that too, particularly in different areas of the country, the Southern culture and someone like Walker Percy or Flannery O'Connor, how do you live your Catholic faith there? Um, and and other, other areas of the country as well, Dorothy Day up in New York. So I wanna, I wanna break this down here. So. Uh, in, in, in a minute, we'll give each of us a minute for this, okay? So if, you, if someone came to you and was saying that they were a strong Biden supporter, they're a Catholic, um, and, and th their response right now, how should they, what, what should their response as, as a follower of Jesus Christ, hopefully that's first and foremost more, more, more than other things, but so someone who's excited about this election. We'll start there, then we'll go, we'll go to people, there might be some people that are watching right now that are very unexcited or angry about this election. We'll, we'll, we'll get to you, let, let, let's start there. So, so Father Doug, in 60 seconds or less, what would you tell someone who is excited about this election, um, uh, voted for Biden, has, has, has the bumper sticker, and, uh, and, is, and wants 100 high fives from you? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, certainly, be thankful and, and be happy that, that your candidate won and, and to hope and pray that your candidate will will do, you know, will do what's best for our country, that will will bring about unity, will bring about those things that were important to you and, and to your party, but would do so in, in a in a you know, and hopefully in a unifying way and willing to reach across the aisle, willing to work with each other, but to, to be humble in your win. To, to to even if in the past others haven't been humble when their their candidates won, but for you to be humble in your win and to be you know congenial and understanding of those who've lost because there there's some who've lost that they think they've lost everything right. and so for you to be a humble winner someone who loves and and finally to continue to pray that, that the praying didn't just end on November 3rd or, or November 7th, but that to continue to pray for our country and to pray for uh, Biden, that he will be a successful president because for all of us, we really need him to be a successful president. Absolutely. Okay. 60 seconds, Father Dustin. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, echo what uh, Father Doug said, you know, begin with, uh, with praying, uh, praying, especially in this time of, of so much, so much, 
uh, polarization, division. Uh, pray that uh, that President-elect Joe Biden uh, can, in fact, be uh, a, a bridge builder, that he can, in fact, work for the common good, which is a core mission of the church at this time, uh, I think, in terms of at least in our country. Uh, but I think also it, it's always good for whichever person was your your guy, in this case, uh, at the presidential level, is to reflect, well, okay, to be honest, in what areas do we want to see uh, growth? Do we want to see areas of of the other aspects of of the of the Catholic social teachings uh, to bear fruit uh, and to pray in those areas as well? So I think there's a lot, probably a lot of things that they can be excited about and and to be happy about and to be praying uh, for President Elect, and then to be honest too and say, well, what areas would we like to see more attention given uh, in the coming months and years? That's I think it's a great answer too, and I, I would say say with that. Um, that obviously, I mean, not obviously, but what the church teaches, particularly, you know, for intrinsic moral evils like abortion, that um, while there's all sorts of mitigating circumstances that might someone might decide to vote for that person in spite of that, that if they voted for the person because of that, then that that really is is cooperating with sin. And that's something that, that doesn't need to be repented of. Now, having that conversation, um, you know, it, uh, for different people um, is or who are at different places. But I think, too, I'll, just to build off of what you said, uh, uh Father Dustin, that it's a, uh, are we willing to challenge our guy? And I think that's always something, you know, definitely uh, during Trump's time in office or, or Obama or one of the Bushes or any, anybody else um, now, now, as it looks like, we're, we're, not, we're not calling this here at Catholic in America, but as it looks like uh, with Biden as president, um, are we willing to, uh, even if we support him, to challenge him when he's wrong? And to call that out or, or is there such a fear that it's going to be used against us that will cover over any mistake and you always see this in the other guy in the other guy's camp um but so that that ability so i would i would say praying for him being able to um if if, if there's an an image justice in your own heart for the reason that you voted for him you know to repent of that because you know what we're called to to change in our hearts especially towards defenseless uh, human life um uh, to be supporters of that and defenders of that but then also am i willing to be a a prophetic voice. Uh, if you're in the Democratic Party, are you, are you willing to be a prophetic voice within the Democratic Party? Okay, so we'll, we'll flip it up for this one now and just, just a minute on each and we'll go to you first, Father Dustin. If you have a person who's coming to you, Father, um, the, the, the world's falling apart. I'm so angry, I'm upset. You didn't do enough. The bishops didn't do enough. You know, there, there's all sorts of things with that. We don't need to get into what the bishops could have or couldn't have done or what priests should or shouldn't have done. Um, but uh, maybe just anger, sadness, despair, um, because if they're Trump supporters, uh, then, then their, their guy has lost. What's, what's, what's your response to them? 60, 60 seconds or less uh, for them as, as a pastor. They're just walking through the parking lot. So you, you only got a little bit of time. Right. Well, yeah. And, I, I, you know, and this is in other areas as well of life. I think... The challenge in a cynical age uh, is to is to discover the good in the other, uh, and we've so vilified everyone, uh, and, and our culture has done a great job of that. But to discover the good in in this case uh, in President Elect Joe Biden, to be able uh, to see what qualities there uh, do represents for you the mission of the church in its outreach to the poor, to the disenfranchised, uh, issues related to healthcare. There's so many other things that we could say, look, if I'm formed by my conscience and I, this is not my person, this is not the person I, I supported or voted, what good can I find in them? And I, and I know people on the other side that have that challenge 
uh, four years ago. Right. Uh, and and it was and that was a challenge for them. But I think in our yeah. age, the great crisis for us is to be able to discover the good and others in an age in which everyone wants to villainize our opponents. Absolutely. That's that's a tough challenge. That's a tough challenge, it, especially when we want just like this or this, you know, just 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 give it to you. Father, Father Doug, you have 59 and a half seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to follow up on what on what Father De Father Dustin was saying, yeah, to to, to seek to seek that good in them and, and to try and build those bridges to to work on the things that you can commonly work on. I think that's one of the things we've seen that has not happened in in the last well, maybe forever, but at least in the last little bit, it doesn't seem like it. But but you know what I would say to them is, is to pray, to continue to pray for for yourself and to begin to pray for the best for again for success for president-elect biden and by success you don't mean his success or the the success of the democratic party but the success of our nation mm. through his presidency because we're counting on that we're dependent upon that if he is a president and so to to again to look for the best in them but to also to seek to find ways that we can work with him or we can work with um, that side, however you want to put it, and and I, I love what you said, Father Destin, to to not vilify, to to begin to see each other as human beings again, and to and to love, you know, and so so to pray and to love and to seek ways that we can work with each other, um, in a in a in a beautiful way, hopefully. That's and that, that's really it, it continues to be the challenge for us um, of living our Catholic faith, um, all all the aspects of our faith. First and foremost, start with the fact that that we're created by God, that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, he's He's in charge. He's Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's at the very center of our faith. Um, you know, something I saw going around a lot, you know, no matter who's president, Jesus is always king. And I think that's that's a good thing for us to be reminded of um, and to recognize, too, that tendency that we sometimes have to make an idol out of something very good. Politics is a good thing. You know, the political process, the political process in the United States especially, is an amazing thing. Um, the fact that we've we've seen you know nearly seamless exchanges of power. We had you know the Civil War and and and, and civil uprisings throughout our, our history, but we've had uh, uh, changes of power that have been largely peaceful. That that there's been there's still dialogue that does happen. That there is freedom of speech, though that's threatened. There's freedom of religion, though that's threatened. Um, you know, is is something amazing. But we can't make that into an idol. We can't make the United States of America into our idol. You know that we worship and 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 make that everything. Because if we do, as soon as that gets challenged are shaken, um, then then we resort to violence, we resort to, to, to lashing out at people. Um, so with this, I, I think, you know, I think we can all kind of comfortably say together, um, um, Father Dustin moved out of his frame there, the, um, <laughs> that that wherever you are as, as, as a viewer of this, who's, who's watching this, who's worried or who's elated over this, this political process, who's angry or who's sad or who's frustrated or just sick of the whole thing, um, to recognize that you can be a source of transformation in the world too. And I think that that's one of the beautiful things in our faith is that God's grace at work in us can transform us so that we become saints. And that's what our country needs more than anything else. Men and women, young people that are transformed by the love of God and bring that out into the public sphere and their jobs, whether, you know, 
priests or doctors or, or teachers or nurses or veterinarians or uh, military personnel, police officers, or even politicians um, that we're called to, to live our faith and, and, and to, to, uh, to be bold with that and recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord and because of that, our own inherent dignity as well and that we can uphold the dignity of other people. So praying for the issues, obviously issues of war and peace, issues of justice in our society. Um, abortion, as we said, is that preeminent issue, uh, issue of life, but also marriage and family life and schools and education and economics. Coronavirus continues to be that, that sort of oppressive cloud over so much of this that we, we can and should be interacting with those things. But the difference is going to be if we're going to be doing it from with that well-formed mind, but also with the heart transformed uh, by the love of God. So I want to just uh, thank uh, Father Doug Martin, Father Dustin Fedden so much for, for, uh, for joining me today in this conversation. I know we're wading into waters that can be controversial for some people, uh, that people might uh, uh, find difficult or you might be angry by something we said, please respond to us in the comments. We will be responding to uh, those things that come at us that are, are uh, life-giving and, and hope-filled comments. If it's just anger at us, pray for us. We'll pray for you. We love you. Um, but if you want to continue to support us on Patreon for St. Dominic Media Production Center, we thank you so much for your support. Uh, we're looking forward to being in the studio soon and very soon for another uh, episode of Catholic in America. But in the meantime, please be praying for us as we're praying for you. God bless.